It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Monday, January 16th, 2017. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Well, we had a rather busy week in the NHL, a busy week in the NFL, if you care about football games. Uh, but, Russ, you had something to start the show with? Yeah, last night I was scrolling through Facebook, and all of a sudden, it was after the game, and all of a sudden, Antonio Brown was like, on Facebook Live. It wasn't even through my feed because I'm not a Steelers guy, but somebody I'm friends with is. And so I'm watching this train wreck of a broadcast where he's like basically, you know, he's at his locker. He's trying to fix himself up to talk to the media. He's like telling his teammate next to him, hey, look, you're on live. And they're like, like, what's up, bro? Like that, they gave him that kind of look. Eventually, Tomlin got on it. Like this is something where if this happened in the NHL, this would create shockwaves. And because they do, they go to great lengths to sort of keep even us, the media, out of certain parts of the locker room. Just imagine, like, you know, letting everybody in like this. Yeah, it's a, it's a very understandable limitation that yeah. the media relations, I know that in Toronto, uh, and I'm sure it's like this in all the uh, locker rooms, you're not allowed to take photographs with your phone. You can you can do audio, but you can't. Um, There's varying degrees of things there, like that. There are, there are some who 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 video like the the, the scrum. Yeah, but I think they're talking about taking pictures around the locker room. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. But the scrums, yeah, some allow. The scrums because you're focusing on the player and everybody else is there are right. cameras there. So why can't you know what what's the difference between a camera and a uh, and your phone recording? But I think they're talking about like sort of casual photos yes. around the locker room because you know they're getting dressed and stuff like that yes. and that that's just not proper. Right. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, hey, I, you know, we're, I mean, Facebook Live is a tool. Uh, I've considered doing it for sort of post-game things for for the website, but yeah, the I mean, in the, especially in the NHL, they're very strict. At least some teams are about controlling the message and controlling things on social media. Like during the Leafs, well, he did five- give out what the message was: "Don't let us see, don't let you see us coming." Like that is supposed to be the team message, and now we all know about it. Yeah, I guess. But you know, Antonio, but, but, but that's something that you know. It's supposed to be kept in there. Antonio Brown. I mean, come on. Did you see that ridiculous Madden commercial that he did with him singing on stage and twirling a a, a flaming football? I mean, but this was the dangerous part. The dangerous part was he was impressed that he had forty thousand viewers. That's all he cared about. Yeah. So any anyway, I mean, it got taken down eventually. So clearly, somebody in in Pittsburgh didn't like it. And we'll move on to hockey, but I just thought it was an interesting thing that could happen in any sport now. Well, one one last thing about football, because I'm not going to get into individual games. I mean, the Dallas Green Bay was the most exciting game. It was. It was a great game, I think. I at least picked that one right. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but 
apparently, and I just read this story on ESPN, apparently the bookies in Vegas took a bath over the last week because everybody bet Clemson in the national championship game, took the points and bet Clemson. Everybody bet the Patriots and bet um, uh, Atlanta on Saturday. And everybody took the points and bet Green Bay and took uh, Pittsburgh with the points. So they got they they got drained on all five games. And I, my heart really bleeds for them. Oh, wow. Darn. Um, yeah, but <laughs> Russ, back in the day, back in the day when I used to gamble a little bit, you know, we had a friend who was uh, who was a bookmaker and it's it, it, it goes without fail. It's like you you're on a winning streak. You know, you win like ten games in a row. He's like, you got, you've won two hundred and fifty bucks. We'll carry it over to next week. Uh, then the next week, you're still up one hundred and seventy. Well, let's carry it over to next week. Then two weeks later, when you're down thirty five dollars, he's like, I'll be there on Friday to collect. Right. That's. <laughs> oh yeah. That is the app. That 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 is the you know that 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 is what happens with gambling. So yeah, that's why I stay away from it now. Okay, um, interesting week in the NHL. Uh, some really hot teams out there, especially the Minnesota Wild and the Washington Capitals. The, the, the Capitals are, uh, they've won nine games in a row, and they're now back in the lead. You know, they, they won the President's Trophy last year. They're leading the NHL again. Uh, I think it's 63 points right now. They're one ahead of Columbus. Uh, you know, I mean, we saw what the Capitals were doing during the year. I mean, yeah quality but you know not not red hot not like they were last year and now all of a sudden they've gotten red hot at the right time yeah there's no question they got red hot at the right time i think they played the right team because i've pointed out before when the flyers play a team that's got a heavy defense big strong guys they don't do as well and and this was another case of that now the thing that made it i think easier for the caps in this game is i think now dave haxtell has sort of mixed up the goaltending situation enough that both goalies have no confidence. And this is the risk that you take when you decide to play this one when he's hot and then, you know, I'm going to pull this one because this one looks better. Oh, that one looked good. Now he gets next game. And, you know, you can only do that for so long. And I think he has hit the brick wall with this. And my select, my suggestion online, which really wasn't that much of a farce, was, you know, maybe he should just go with Anthony Stellaris now because he had a couple of good games and at least he hasn't been subjected to this. Now, look, I get that they're grown men and they should be able to handle this and whatever, but these are goalies and these sometimes these things sometimes do interrupt their flow. And right now you have to admit where early on in this season it looked like Steve Mason was their number one. Now they don't have a number one. Both guys are going to be a UFA. Like all of a sudden it's become a little unsettled in Philly. Now, I don't get crazy about everybody about the playoffs because I thought they were a bubble team, and if they didn't make it, that's fine because they're still building. They've got a, a load of young talent. They're still going to try and make the playoffs, but they may not. But if they don't, this is, again, going to be another big reason why. It's really it's the defense and that. There's been a lot of juggling with it, and now there's been very few results. Yeah, I I don't. I don't get the yo-yoing back and forth with the goaltenders. I mean, it's. I mean, I know that with you know with 
with Neuwirth out, they had to go to Mason. They went to right. Mason ninety-five percent of the time. They sprinted. and they should have just kept it that way. And they should have just kept it that way. I mean, you know, you were on a hot streak. You were playing very well. You know, if he needs a rest, if he's dead tired, that's one thing. But if you're going right. to start going back to the rotation that didn't work early in the season. And, I don't think, and look, we pointed out at first when Neuwirth was healthy, they didn't do the rotation. It was like a three-to-one Mason. But then in the last couple of games, all of a sudden, it got muddied up again. Now, in, in the West, um, I mean, Chicago had been leading the Central for most of the year. And all of a sudden, and it's not all of a sudden, they've been playing good for a while. But Minnesota's 17-1-1 in their last 19, and that one loss was that game to Columbus that we were watching on New, on New, Year's, uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, I mean, Bruce Boudreaux, the typical Bruce Boudreaux effect, he goes to a new place, he has an immediate effect. You know, you could tell by, like, he was on Hockey Central on Sportsnet this, this afternoon, and you can tell by the way he talks about tactics that, you know, he's talking about, like, oh, you're the boss out there if you're the center on the ice, so just go out and play responsibly. That doesn't sound like a micromanaging coach for us. That sounds no. like somebody who's just letting them go out and play. It is, and that's great until you hit the playoffs. And I still think that Minnesota is a strong contender, but I do kind of worry about what they'll be like when they get there because Boudreaux does not have a strong playoff record. This is going to be the mark of how I judge Bruce Boudreaux this season. I don't judge every coach this way, but I'm going to judge him this way because they are ripping it up right now. But when push comes to shove, this team needs to go a couple of rounds at least and possibly to the conference finals for it to be a really good season for all the changes they've done and, and for the fact that they may have the best goalie in hockey right now. So to me, those are the expectations for the Wild. It's no more, well, let's just see how they do in the playoffs. No, expectations have, have risen there. And, and so now we'll see if Boudreaux can, can really capture that. It's great that the team's playing this way now, and I think their defense is great. I mean, I think if, if it's not the best in the NHL, it's one of the top three. So between that and the goaltending, they've got a lot going. The one thing I, I did point out, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, that I feel good about is he really can't mess up this goaltending situation no. with, with platooning because Darcy Kempner, while he's okay, he got lit up the other day too, and so there's no real chance of him ever taking – Devin Dubnik's job. So I think I think that part of Boudreaux has been has been shelved. And then maybe this is, you know, we're gonna see the best of him now. Yeah, he can't he can't screw this up. It's Dubnik or no one. And, right. And you know, they they're benefiting from that, you know, that sort of comeback year from Eric Stahl. They've sort of got a yep. nice one-two punch up the middle with him and Miko Koivu. He's yep. got a veteran group and he's got a ton of defense. I actually think that they, you know, they they still need maybe another scorer, and I don't know if Fletcher can finagle that at the deadline. I mean, he had to move some pieces around. But, you know, there's also the problem, and I think this is the least of the concerns right now for the Wild, is the fact that they have that deep defense, and they're probably going to lose one of those defensemen at uh, in expansion. So before, I think it's June 22nd or June 23rd, they're probably going to end up trading one of those guys like Spurgeon or Scandella or Brodeen or one of Yeah, somebody, somebody will get dealt, but they're not worried about that right now. Right now things look good for them, and we've never seen the Wild really ever in this position where all of a sudden we're saying they could win the Stanley Cup. This is the first time I think I've ever said it. Yeah, this is a 
I, I don't know. This is a pretty wide open year right now because I think it's like it's like one of those. It's like the NFL. Going back to them for a second, you looked at every team in the playoffs, and every one of them had a flaw. Yeah, there was nobody who was perfect. There was nobody who was an overwhelming favorite. You know, New England, their defense is good, but you know they were without Gronkowski. Pittsburgh, right. their defense was terrible. You know, everybody you could go down the line. There was one aspect that was weak, and right now I don't see anybody who's, you know, who is completely you know they're oh they're the they're the overwhelming favorite. There's some like I think Washington their flaw right now. I think it's similar to last year. I think it's really following what happened last year. I mean. I don't even want to fall into the trap and saying, well, look, 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 this team looks like last year's Pittsburgh because that was last year. Like things happen differently every year because of injuries, because of the way the game is played, because of the way goalies are year to year. I mean, things do change. So I never want to say that there's a pattern. And and I think that's the one thing about the NHL that we, when we're trying to analyze it, you really can't find a pattern. And in other sports, you can usually find these super teams and they're, you know, usually good every year. Now the Blackhawks do fall under that. Right. and Pittsburgh most of the time. But after that, it really is pretty open. And, and Green Green Bay sort of fall, fell into the same pattern yeah. that Pittsburgh did at the end of last year. Everything yep. came into place around, you know, the halfway, like 60% mark of the, of, the, of the season. They won six games in a row now, have won two games in the playoffs. And Pittsburgh, around January, everything came into place. They got haggling yep. in the deal from Anaheim. You know, they called up some players and it all worked. Now, going to Pittsburgh right now, um, you know, they're, you know, they got Matt Murray back. So immediately the, the talk about possibly trading Flurry uh, came up again, which I, you know, I think both of us agree that's probably not going to happen. But now this weekend in a game against Detroit, Latang gets hurt. It looks like something serious. It doesn't look like, you know, like a, a day, day-to-day type thing. They put him on injured reserve. Um, you know, he's probably not going to play in the all-star game based on just, I, I saw the injury. It looked like, you know, some hamstring or knee type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is they lost, they lost Lovejoy, um, you know, and he was part of that no name defense without Latang. A lot of weight is on Mata. A lot of weights on Trevor Daly and Justin Schultz. You know, if this is a lengthy injury, this is tr- big trouble for Pittsburgh. Yeah, they did call up David Warsawski, and you know that I do like him, and he is a good puck mover, and he is really good on the power play. And so this is a big opportunity for him. He was, you know, player of the week a week ago in the AHL. He's he's having a great year for an offensive defenseman. He's a smaller guy, but at the end of the day, this is where he could really leapfrog over, you know, Derek Puglia. Yeah. I mean, he, he really can. Well, it's, fu- it's funny because, um, I mean – they didn't call up Pouliot, and I saw Pouliot play last week against the Marlies, and he barely made an impression. I was like, yeah. oh, there's Derek Pouliot. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just, you know, I think the writing is on the wall for him. In, in this instance – At least with this organization. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's going to be exposed for expansion or maybe yeah. traded to that team, and he'll get an opportunity. But, yeah, he's had one too many chances with Pittsburgh, and nothing has – really come forth for them now the other another injury um and at least nhl injury i want to talk just talk about uh, another one after that but the uh auntie ranta injury uh for the rangers uh in montreal that forced them to bring in henrik lundquist and and lundquist had played and not played that great against toronto on friday and was forced to come in and play against montreal another team he struggled against um, I mean, I, I've heard it's about a week that this injury, it's not a serious injury, but 
you know, they need Ronta. Ronta's important for that team. They do, and and Lundquist got very testy for the first time really ever that I can remember when asked about uh, not seeing that shot. He basically was like, well, yeah, what, you know, like, what do I need? I don't, I don't know the exact quote, but to paraphrase him, he's basically like, well, you saw that I didn't see the shot, so why are you asking me? And, and so he's a little testy right now, and it's about that focus. You know, when he was in that scrum in Philly, he talked about his focus, that it wasn't quite there, and when it is there – he was, you know, he, he would do great and he did great against Philly and his focus has been up and down. And so it's frustrating for him. It's partly the defense, you know, Adam Clendenning playing every day is not a good thing. So those things have hurt Lundquist. Now they brought up Magnus Helberg. I don't know if he's ever going to even see the ice to me. He's like a seat filler at, at the Academy Awards. That's what he is. Cause he's not a good goalie. But I guess they want Halverson to just get everyday action down there. So they're just going to bring up Helberg and hope they don't have to use him. That's going to be the key. But Lundquist now, like, this will be a good test for him. He, There is no – not that he ever looks for a safety net or anything, but there is none now. And, and the Rangers do need to win some games. Their confidence is not as high as it was. Yeah, and I mean they're definitely missing Stall, and it, I, I have not heard a prognosis. We know he he went through the concussion protocol. That's it. That's all we know. Yeah, so I mean you could say that they're going to be care. I mean because right now they're in a in a comfortable position, but if they they slip a little bit, then it's going to be you're battling for a wild card spot. So right now they can they can be careful, but. You know, you get closer to the deadline and stalls out and you're playing Holden and you're playing Clendenning. You know, they're, they've already been talking about them being one of those teams that's looking for a top four defenseman. Well, they may actually have to act on that and get a top, get a at least a top six defenseman to help them along. Um, now, we talked about, talked about Minnesota being one of the hottest teams in the league, talked about Washington. Have to talk about the Maple Leafs. I mean, 8-0-1 in their last nine games on the road. And I know you don't get a chance to watch them all the time, but you, no. saw, them against the, you, you saw them at the Centennial Classic. Yep. You saw the good and the bad there. And then you yep. saw a team that really didn't have the bad against the Rangers on Friday yep. night. But I still look for attributes and stuff, too. You know, game to game is not everything for me. I do certain, you know, look at certain players like, I did see some bad things even in the win out of like Jake Gardner. You know, I do notice things. I, I saw so really good play out of um, Connor Brown. That 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 face-off, non-face-off play was a great play. That was terrific. Freddie Gauthier played really well against the wall and, and cleared out in front of the crease. I thought he had a really good game. I mean, clearly Frederick Anderson had a really good game. There was, a t- there was a point in that game where Buchnevich had a really good shot trying to go up high, and he stopped that. I just think Mike Babcock outcoached Elaine Vigneault. I mean, this was a game where I looked at it, and I saw that Nash was sort of getting marginalized early on and and played on the third line because it was his first game back, and he never had an impact. I saw Clendenning with the puck late in the game, bringing it up the ice when they needed a couple goals, which doesn't make sense to me because why why isn't it somebody else – who's more invested in, you know, in this team. It's not Clendenning's fault, but he hasn't played enough games to for me to have that sort of, you know, role. And so I thought those were really shaky moments for Elaine Vigneault. And, you know, at the end of the day, I really did like what I saw out of the Leafs. I still don't think they're a playoff team, but it, there's definite improvement. We knew there would be improvement this year. And But the thing is, this is what's going to happen with them. 
there will be improvement and then there will be a sort of cutoff until their defense gets better. Like there will be a point where they, whether they hit 500 for real and then just can't get a, they can't get past that. This is something that happens with all NHL teams. Cause I think Babcock got everything else working. The penalty kills working great. The power play is good. The, the speed on the team is good. Everything else is going, but he can't control not having enough bodies on defense. Well, I mean, in, in, with the media this morning, basically Babcock said, you know, cool your Jets, people. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like let's let's not get carried away. I mean, we're hot right now. But you look at the complete com, the complete flip of what happened early in the season. I, I wrote about it yesterday in, uh, for uh, in my column for Hockey Buzz. The Leafs were eight and three at home through the first two months of the season. Since then, they've gone two, four, and two, and they have not won in regulation since November twenty sixth. They've been they've gone eight zero and one on the road, and they were, uh, I think they had two wins through the first two months of the season. They have the number one power play and the number one penalty kill on the road. Uh, at home, they're twenty first power play and twenty fifth penalty kill. So it's a, it's a young team, and I guess it's the extra pressure of playing at home. But it's a but it's a complete flip. They were eight and yeah. three. There was a complete flip. Well, they start off the year with you know a certain amount of gravitas, and 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 so I think that got them through for a while. But I think when you are a young team playing at home, sometimes is harder. And so you know, but but Babcock's right. They are hot right now. But it, it is fun to at least see what these guys can be. And again, I mean, for the people that were doubting Matthews when he went through that little bit of a slump, like he's been on a prolonged hot streak, like any superstar in the league. Like it's almost as good at this point, calling him a rookie doesn't even make sense. Well, and you know, we know that everybody, including ourselves, you know, sometimes have a tendency towards hyperbole. Sure. Uh, Pierre McGuire last week on TSN radio said that Matthews was one of the top three players in the league. Yeah, cool down here, Pierre. My goodness. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm. I never expected Matthews to be this good this quickly. I was saying I think he's going to be on par with what Eichel did last year, which was 24 goals, and he's got 21 right now at the half. I mean, we can name three or four better centers right now. Like it's just you know he's probably in the top 15 though, top yeah. 10 to 15, which as a rookie is tremendous. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's incredible. You know, that, and that's see, that's where I think things are going to get are getting a little bit carried away. And you know, by by talking realistically and saying, okay, you know, calm down, everybody. This is great, but you know, look, look, there are there are problems with this team right now. Their defense is not. They they've been able to effectively cover up their defensive deficiencies uh, with, with goaltending. And and la on Saturday they got a good performance out of Curtis McElhaney, who they picked up off of waivers. So if they get good backup goaltending and good starting goaltending from Anderson, that you know that goes a long way. Yeah. But, you know there is going to be that time period starting maybe after the all-star break and going to the end of March and early April where, you know, teams that are going to make the playoffs, you know, it's get, it gets serious. It really yeah. gets serious. And that's where, you know, a lot of rookies and def a defense that's a little deficient may hurt them. But, you know, I, the, the Toronto fan base is excited, and I, I understand that because they haven't had a lot to be excited about for the last few years. Now, one no, I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, speaking of not getting carried away in hyperbole, uh, 
I, I did see something on Twitter via Bar Down that was talking about how in like this skills competition that the Edmonton Oilers had, that Connor McDavid had broken the record of, of Mike Gartner. And, and I chuckled to myself, you know, for, for being fastest player, right? And, and I chuckled to myself because I was like, wait a minute. The record was Dylan Larkins. He broke it a year ago. And Mike Gartner was 36 years old. Like, you can't even – and it was like he had the record like three times, I think. Right. Let's not, you know, make the, the legend of Connor McDavid what it isn't either. You know, we do need to put all these things into perspective. And here's a good one to put into perspective. At 19 years old, Sidney Crosby had 120 points. Connor McDavid is 20 this year. He's not getting 120 points. He has 50 and 45 games, which is really good. But if you're trying to make the point that he's the best hockey player you've seen since Gretzky, he's not. He's not there yet. And so let's not do this with the speed either because he has great speed. We all will admit it. But the point was it wasn't even when, he, when, when this outlet posted it, it wasn't even accurate, and they didn't even have the right guy. And then you have to point out the fact that Gardner was 36 years old because like that, that was an amazing thing. I'm a big fan of McDavid. I love his game. He's incredibly talented. I think he's gonna. I think he is a star already. But he's yeah. gonna be even bigger star. Let's not deify him yet. You know, can can we just? I mean, let's keep things in perspective. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's carrying that team on his back right now. He deserves all the credit for it. But you know, I don't think he's better than Sidney Crosby right now. Maybe no, in a, he's, in a year actually, or so. he's never been better than Sidney Crosby yet. He's yet to have one season. Crosby's first season, he had 102 points. Second season, he had 120. The third one, he was injured, and he had 72 points in 53 games. The third, the fourth season, he had 103 points in 77 games. The next season, he had 109 points in 81 games. If you want to say he has better players to play with, that's fine, but it's gotten better for McDavid. He's not getting those Sidney Crosby numbers yet. Now, a team that's not doing so well right now, and there were some comments on uh, Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada regarding them, was the Winnipeg Jets, who've lost three games in a row. Now, Russ, the, their goaltending has come under fire. Um, you know, they have Hullabuck, mm-hmm. he's a young goaltender. We we know that he's got some talent, but he's had some rough spots recently. Their backup is Hutchinson. They have Pavlik in the minors. You know, they were talking about the possibility of Pavlik being called up. Um, I mean, that was Don Cherry talking about the possibility. It wasn't like everybody talking about it. Like I heard Don Cherry talking about it. Or was that on the panel too? I couldn't remember. Oh, it was on the. It was on the. It was on the, it was pa- on the panel. I, I, I did. I missed. I missed uh, grapes this this week. So maybe it was the panel. Maybe I mixed that one up. But um, the point I thought was, hey, you also have Eric Comrie. They did say the panel did say, hey, they're committed to Hellebuck. I get it. I don't think going to Pavlik's going to save their season. I think you have to just live with the ups and downs of what you have there in Hellebuck or go back to Hutchinson. That those are your choices. Yeah, but the fun the funny thing is is that in spite of the fact that they're always connected in rumors about players on their blue line like, you know, Bufflin last year, now Truba, that defensively is where the pro- the team is having problems. Yes. Uh and you know, I know Myers has been in another lineup, he's had some injury problems, but you know that that's that's the ironic thing, and now there's some talk, and that they mentioned this on Saturday about Paul Maurice potentially being in trouble. And I think it was Elliot Friedman said that you know more than likely they'll be talking extension. And I right. know that Paul Maurice is a pretty good coach, but you know they've already fired um, oh god Claude Noel, um, and that was Shevel Dayoff firing him. I mean, 
it, you only get so many coaches to fire before you start to be in trouble. Sure. I, I don't think they're firing Paul Maurice. I don't think this is a Paul Maurice problem. I think this is a problem of just not having the right players and some of their soon to be better players, not, not being of age yet and not being at their top capability. That's all it is. Next year could be a whole different situation this year. And I know fans don't want to hear it, right? Cause they haven't made the playoffs yet since they've been the Winnipeg jets. But the reality is you still might have to wait until next year. Now uh, the, it was announced this, this morning, uh, Nicholas Backstrom of the uh, Capitals was the NHL star of the week. Uh, Brad Marchand, who had five points on the weekend in a, in, in, in a single game, uh, was second star. And uh, I think it was Brock McGinn of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes was third star. But the Hurricanes are hot. They've won a few games, I think three games in a row. They're, yeah, they're, on, the, they're on the door, man. We, we, you know, we've been talking about them being yeah. the one team that could really unseat Philly. And now this week it could happen. I mean, this is, this is a big week for Carolina. Well, the funny thing is, is that because remember they, I think it was early December they started to slip a little bit, and then and that it, it coincided with Jordan Stahl being hurt, and as soon as yeah. Stahl came back, you know he's their you know de facto number one center, um, and then they and then they have Lindholm and Teravainen yeah. and and uh, and Aho. I mean they yeah. they have they have I think they need some firepower, and they have the ability to maybe add uh, a forward at the deadline. And there's been a lot of talk about them being the good match for a team like Colorado in a trade because Colorado has forwards and they're looking for defense and Carolina has, has defense in, in big bunches. No, it's, it's totally possible. I, I think, like I said, they, they're a team that has an opportunity this week because Philly is on their five day bye week and they really can, can catch up. The, um, the interesting thing is, you know, I'm looking, I, I see that, Ryan Murphy's getting more playing time. I'm sure he's probably going to be a guy they expose at this point because they don't want to lose some of their other guys. But he also is a guy that still could be valuable to another franchise that's looking for just another defenseman who could skate and puck move and because he's got two points in 10 games. But he has gotten better as far as NHL caliber play, and so that's definitely a chip. And actually there was a funny video the other day. Um, he went out to his car – and they stuffed, um, you know, the uh, packing popcorn in there in his entire car. Like he opened up the front and it started streaming out. They opened up the back, it started streaming out. <laughs> so well, that, was, it, that was good stuff. If it's not, if it's not, I mean, I think Murphy is probably like a guy you, like you said, that'd be exposed in expansion. But a player like, if they're going to trade for a Duchesne or a Landeskog, if they're going to go down that road, I, you're probably going to see them have to give up a flurry. Or one of those other. Yeah, Hayden Flurry would be a, a key guy. I think, I think on the open market, a lot of teams would be interested in him. But again, Ron Francis has done a masterful job here, and they're getting really close now that they're getting good goaltending. He may not be as willing to give up even Hayden Flurry. They may have to, you know, go with a, a lesser guy. But they have other guys. But there are certain untouchables. Clearly, Hannafin's going to be an untouchable, and Falk is an untouchable. So Flurry does seem like the logical next one. But that's only if you're getting like a Duchesne, like you said. Um, no, interesting comments. It wouldn't be one for one. They'd have to add. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, for those people that want to tweet me on that because, you know, well, that's I Listen, I get it. Well, if they haven't, if they haven't tweeted you about our ketchup, uh, the vinegar debate, then they, have, they won't tweet you about anything, Russ. Um, <laughs> there now, is no debate. 
Yes, it is because ketchup sucks. It's terrible. It doesn't um, suck. And whoa, whoa, you you went with the just to be difficult, and I swear to God, you did this just to be difficult. You went well. I only eat the vinegar-based barbecue sauces. You're from no, the no, Northeast. People I, in the Northeast don't do that. That's from people in the South. No, I, I, I not vinegar-based. I like I, I just non-ketchup based. I mean. How do you figure that? Most, look most, at the label. The KC Masterpiece is not tomato. Is it's, it's not ketchup. It's tomato paste. There's a difference. I hate it's globules. KC Masterpiece. That is like a a sugary mess. That's what that is. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, anyway um, Bruce Boudreaux made some other comments that were sort of consistent with the the talking points of John Tortorella uh, recently about the uh, about uh, about morning skates being optional and even to the point of of maybe not even doing them at all. Um, I we know we, we've touched on this briefly, but, you know. Yeah, that's when I dropped the F-bomb, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, don't worry, I cut it out. But if the thing is, if, if you have Minnesota buying into that and you have Columbus buying into that and they're having success, we know that this is a copycat league that maybe this is going to be something that gains some traction with other teams. You know, here's the thing. It's nice when it works for a couple of teams. We're talking about a couple of old school coaches. Um, it's not like that for everybody. And writers do depend on the morning skate to be able to write and get interviews and radio folks the same way so they can get interviews for that night's game. You know, the, the local radio guys are always in the locker room. So, and, and even, you know, even the own team's own website, when they want to have like Leafs TV, those guys need to be there for those skates too. So I don't think they're ever going to go away. And I think right now it's working for a couple of teams, you know, a handful of teams. And for as long as it's working, you can get away with it because you know how it is. It's like, if you come in and you change the world like that, for as long as that's working, it's okay. The minute it doesn't work, you know that that's when the owner goes back and says, you know, you should change it back because the um, other teams do it. As it's very unusual that during the afternoon when we're doing the webcast, we have games that are going on. Yes. We have two finals in the NHL. Today. It's Martin Luther King Day, and then when it's Martin Luther King Day, we all have a holiday. We all observe, but we also get early hockey. Which is nice. Uh, and the Islanders beat the Bruins 4 nothing. Uh, and we have the Buffalo Sabres beating the Dallas Stars four to one. Dallas's struggles defensively still continue. Um, They're I, awful lately. Like, let's what's their record in their last ten? I mean, uh, I don't know what the record in the last ten, but I do know that they have forty four points, and they're now. If this hasn't updated, they're a game under five hundred. If it has updated, they're 18, 18, 18, and eight, which is no, they're eighteen, nineteen, and eight now. So it, did not, it didn't update, so. Yeah, so they're a game under 500, even if that's not really 500. But um, they're, you know, that's that's not good. I mean, they're still they're still within striking distance of a wild card spot, and that's sort of what I'm going to go talk about here. We're going to do a little a little game here to end the show. But yeah, I mean, they're not getting great goaltending. There again is some talk about Ben Bishop about uh, the, you know there's been some rumors that the that Jim Nill has contacted. Uh, Tampa Bay regarding the availability. I hate these websites. Sorry. Wow. Jeez. Somebody was rocking out there. Uh, <laughs> Trying to find out what they're doing in the last 10 and instead I get lousy music. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, now 
we know their goaltending situation is very weak. I mean, Ranta, or sorry, uh, Niemi, I go, the, the other ante, Niemi and uh, and Lettinen just have not stepped up. Um, but I, I don't perceive that Tampa would be willing to take one of those goalies back in a deal for Ben Bishop, and I can't see Dallas t- taking or trading for Bishop and not finding a home for one of those goalies. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I know he's not getting traded in season, but he is a UFA, right? So, I mean, again, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Tampa signs him after the season and tells Vasilevsky, you're going to have to wait. He's still under team control. If for some reason Bishop is willing to take a a short-term deal with Tampa, he'll just hang out there. They won't have to, they won't have to, you know, protect anybody then. Well, yeah, I mean, ideally for them, you know, they protect Vasilevsky. Bishop is the UFA. Right. They wait right. until after the expansion draft and right. then sign him, and then they could either trade him or keep him. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm picking up on them not being. I mean, I know that I know from talking to people who have talked to uh, Steve Eiserman that they love Vasilevsky, but the results have not. He's not playing as good as I think they thought he was going to play. Yeah. So you know, right now for this year, Bishop is a bit of a safety net, but maybe. You know, they, they don't need the cap room because they have Stamkos on long-term injury. So they, they I think they're going to keep Bishop for the rest of the year. And then oh, they are. Even, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, don't – Unless there was a really bad injury that would force them to sort of make that decision prematurely, why wouldn't they, right? Yeah. Now, okay, um, we got some tight races. It's the halfway mark, and this is only – you know, don't, don't make any wagers, folks. But, uh, you know – We've got some tight races in in the four divisions right now in the two conferences, and I just want to do, let's do some uh, prognosticating here. All right. Okay. So we have right now in the Atlantic Division, we have Boston at fifty one points. Uh, Toronto and Ottawa have six games in hand on them, which is ridiculous. I, I I don't know how any team can be six games ahead. I've never seen somebody that far ahead. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so Boston at 51 points, Toronto, Ottawa, Florida at 48 points, Tampa Bay at 44 points. So you have five teams there for two spots, second and third in the Atlantic. Right. Plus, who of those five will be second and third in the Atlantic? I still think Tampa will be third in the Atlantic and – I, you know, it, it defies logic, but I think Boston will remain second in the Atlantic. I I think Tampa is going to finish in second or third. I mean, they're going to be one of the two teams. Yeah, so I'll say that they're going to eventually make second. And of course, they're you know they're the one. They're seven points behind second place right now, but they have games in hand on Boston as well. And I still think Eiserman is going to make a move. He's going to do something. He will. He's got all the makings to be able to make a move. And I'm not trying to sell Ottawa short. I think Ottawa's having a good year. Yeah, I mean, they're having a good year, but I don't I don't know how. I mean they, it doesn't matter. I mean, but they are and they're in the race. Yeah. It just this is where really, you know, they have a better chance to make it Ottawa as a wild card. That's, yeah. you know, that's the way I see yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I'm still sticking and you know, I'm sure my my the the my followers who who are Lee fans, 
I, you know, it's 41 games. I, I would like to see them make the playoffs. But right now, I still think it's going to be Tampa. And I think I think Florida is starting to come around. They're at 48 points now. They're, they're getting there. They're getting there. Um, Uberdo, Uberdo is coming back. Yeah, they're, that'll help them. It, it, look, Tampa, Florida, Ottawa, Carolina, Philly, they're all going to be vying for that last spot, I think. And I think the Rangers are safe, but you never know. They can make it interesting, too. Well, that's the next. That's the next one. That that was the next one I was going to choose because you've got you've got Columbus and you got um, you got Pittsburgh. Oh, sorry, you got Columbus and you got Washington at sixty three and sixty two points. So they're a few points ahead. Right now, you've got Pittsburgh and the Rangers in a battle for third at fifty seven points. Which one of those two teams makes third place? None of them. It stays the way it is. Well, one of them's got to. No, no. You said Washington, Columbus, and Pittsburgh are one, two, and three. Oh, so you think so you think Pittsburgh's going to hold on to third? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's going to stay the way it is. Now, I mean, I, the only thing I the only thing that makes me not say that is depending on how serious Latang's injury is. But you know, the Rangers are without stall. Like they're like they're getting Zabanajad back. Exactly. So that's going to help them. But I think they're going to be like neck and neck. And I just think at the end of the day, Pittsburgh's a little stronger than than the Rangers are. And which team is more – and the thing is, I think it's – I haven't looked at their schedule, right? That could be a big difference. Well, no, not, not the schedule, but cap-wise, cap I think they're both in a similar position where I don't know whether it's going to be easy for either one of them to add at the deadline because they don't have a lot of room unless Latang yeah. Latang stays on LTIR. The Rangers are running low on prospects, so yeah. they are probably going to have to trade off the major league roster or they're not going to get a lot. They have, you know, that's the thing. They, they, they don't even have a good goalie right now. They could trade because Igor Shostyorkin is over in Russia for the next three years. So they, you know, you're making me nervous. Did you plant a bomb or something? Is that, you know, you're doing the thing with the pencil? That was from a movie. No. Remember? I mean, that was the, one of the one of the uh, criminals from the movie Masterminds was did that thing with the pencil. Anyhow, okay. Um, um, did you- I think it's going to stay the same. Did you think that the Andrew Shaw hit on fast was dirty or clean? No, I thought it was dirty. I even thought the Voracek hit was was dirty, but it wasn't dirty the way he sort of probably planned to do it because he, he wasn't facing the guy and he actually turned his back and hit him, but he still planted him into the boards. At the end of the day, I think players need to learn that if you plaster someone into the boards and their head hits, you're getting called. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but Andrew Shaw. I mean, look, let's let's call Andrew Shaw what he is. I mean, he was he was out there to he he could score some goals. Don't get me wrong, but most of the time he is out there to serve a purpose. And those kinds of hits are what you expect from Shaw. That's why he was coming off an injury um, suspension before, and you know, and who knows? I mean, somewhere along this season, he's probably going to get suspended again. No, I haven't, I haven't heard anything, but no. We would have heard something by now. Yeah, I don't mean for that, but I mean for something because he's always on the edge. That's the way this guy plays. Yeah, and especially in the playoffs, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, he's going to be one of those guys that in the in the playoffs will do something untoward that'll get him. Yeah. Um, in the central, we have Minnesota at sixty-one points, Chicago at fifty-nine, uh, battling for first in the in the central division. Uh, who do you think is going to end up there? It's staying the way it is. Nashville's not good enough. Nashville is 
so it's struggling. It's gonna still. It's gonna stay exactly the way it is. Minnesota, Chicago, St. Louis. Okay, so you think Minnesota is gonna win the division? Yes, I think it's gonna remain unchanged here. I think Nashville is the team that's really sagging here. I don't know if Laviolette will be in trouble if they do, but I think they've got things going wrong there. Like you look at them, right? I mean, they're just not right. They don't have enough offense. Their power play should be. They should have one of the best power plays in the league. Right. They really should. Things just aren't perfect there. They certainly can get out of it, and they're a plus five on the differential. Well, they're struggling. For first place, I still – I'm going to – even though – you know, I saw I saw Corey Crawford uh, in a game last week and d- doesn't seem to really be on right now. I mean, there's this, either he's still hurt or he's just, you know, rusty because he didn't look good in one, in one particular – and it's one particular game. But I, I always default to the Blackhawks. I, I think that they'll end up winning that division. I think they're going to add. I don't know. Here's the thing: Minnesota's a plus forty six on the differential. I know, I know. They're they're having a remarkable season, but I, I, I think Chicago. I mean, and maybe it's not important for Chicago to to win the division, but the t- the team that wins that division avoids St. Louis in the first round. I mean, the difference is Minnesota only has nine losses. Yeah. Now. Chicago's got 14 losses, but clearly they're getting these overtime wins, so that's what's what's keeping it going there for them, where clearly Minnesota's not. But they only have nine losses. That's tough to say that Chicago's going to overtake that. I don't think they are. Okay, and in, in the West, we have a jumble of six teams yeah. battling, battling for two wildcard spots. We've got Calgary at 49, L.A. at 48, Nashville at 47, Vancouver at 46, Dallas and Winnipeg at 44. I'll go first on those. I, I, I think I think L.A. is going to be one of those two teams because if they've survived this long with Budai, when they get quick back, which will probably be, I would say, mid to late February, then I, not to say that they'll cruise, but I think that you know that that will that will definitely help them. And I think that Lombardi is probably going to make some sort of trade and add add a player there. And I don't know how long could Chad Johnson keep doing this in Calgary? That's the thing. It's like I mean, he's keeping him in it, but I don't think Calgary's breaking in the top three, even if this is the greatest year Chad Johnson's ever had in his life. I think that I think Nashville is going to be one of the one of the two teams. So I'll pick L.A. and Nashville as the two wild cards. Yeah, I I think L.A. is actually going to unseat Edmonton. I think. Ooh, okay. I think. San Jose will be in second. I think we're going to have Anaheim, LA King, San Jose, and then the Kings. And then I do think Nashville will be one of the playoff teams. And then it is going to be between Calgary and Edmonton. And it's going to be hard to, to pick right now. I mean, we that one, I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm just no, not. I mean, you know, this is simply, you know, just, I mean, yeah. we've got half a season here. But but I do think the Kings have a great opportunity that they can go as high as second place for sure. Yeah. Once Quick is back. Well, all right, Russ, thanks. Uh, good show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with the another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Um, we'll have, hopefully have some rumors, some news, and uh, some things with uh, Eklund and the two of us. Uh, thanks for watching, and thank you, Russ Cohen, and – I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.